in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Kraken. One Space Boy. One Fortnightly Discussion of Comics and Nerd Culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 233. Eric, What's up, bud? How's it going? Hey, dude. You ever watch Hey, Dude? Yes, I did. It was not a good show. Um, I don't think it mattered that much it was on it was <laughs> the, on nickelodeon the quality is, is 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 unimportant it's, it yeah. was it was on so you watched it i mean that's the way shit was in the 90s is that they made a channel they said was for kids and there really there really kind of wasn't a lot you it, know it costs less than the disney channel on your cable I bill i didn't even we didn't have the disney channel i you know the, we neither did we it was too, it was too expensive i didn't even know it was a thing nickelodeon existed the disney channel was uh, like a generation beyond me i guess <laughs> it was it was around bef- when you were still a child it was in the if you're, when, when you were like 10 it was still it was it was existed then that was when britney spears and and jt were doing their thing on it britney, I, I was in high school when people were talking about no britney no spears. when she was a, when she was a, she was on she was a child uh, star when she before she was oh, like yeah before she her was pop in the career. mickey mouse club wasn't she yeah, yeah her were. and her and uh, jt and one other person i think was what the hell are we talking about Christina aguilera was yeah that's who it was um this has been this salute has been your, your Disney talk. Salute your shorts is a better show. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the antics of Bobby Butnick and Donkey Lips. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, Donkey Lips. I, I'm not going to forget Mr. Lips. He was in an episode of X Files. I <laughs> always recognize. I always when I see them, I'm like, it's Donkey Lips or it's Bobby Butnick. He played a he played a, a dude who was used by the government because no one remembered him. Did someone say hey to that dude? <laughs> You see how I brought hey, it back? Hey, Let's talk about comic books. Hey, Hanson, we're going to be talking about Umbrella Academy, uh, Volumes 1 and 2 by Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba, later on in Nerbo Book Club, appropriately because of the Netflix television program that is currently available. We'll be talking about the comic book later on. But first, Derek. First. First, we have uh, comic books that came out relatively recently to talk about. Isn't that exciting? Rel- relatively speaking. Relatively. Uh, it is time for our first segment. It's time for Floppies for Nightly. Floppies for Nightly is where Eric and I will read a selection of the past couple of weeks' books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. There is a mush meter involved. It goes from one to five. If we're feeling mushy about a book. Huge selection of books this week, Eric. I couldn't limit us. I, I can tell you don't have self-control. I was just like, well, I want to read. I want to see what these all are. I'm, I'm, I'm. I read these forty-three books. <laughs> we have. I, I have, think we need. I think we need a cap. <laughs> I have a. I have a mandate now that if we're gonna try and read at least the first three issues of books that haven't lost us or we see mm-hmm. potential in, I want to. I want to give it a li- give them a little runway. Well, 
We're reading number six of Heroes in Crisis. We're going to read all. We said, we're, we're reading all we of Heroes. We, we're done. No, I mean, I, I know. I we are done. We are still going to read all of them because <laughs> that is the opposite of done. <laughs> Our first that book is exactly the opposite. of I what that means. Mean done, done. Uh, <laughs> trying to think of the right word. Uh, theoretically, mad. that's the- what you're looking for. We're mad. <laughs> I'm not mad. Our first book is Heroes in Crisis number six, as Eric mentioned, written by Tom King, art with Clayman uh, on pages one and 20, with art by Mitch Gerard, pages two through 19, colors by Mitch Gerard and Tomo Mori, letters Clayton Cowles. Silly bitches. What was that? I said silly bitches. Well, why? Why is that? One, one and 20. Oh, yeah, I know. They Well, they have to have the continuity going on. Come on, obviously. Mm-hmm. The nine panel, you gotta have... Mm-hmm. It starts off and then it jumps okay. to caveman days and Harley and uh, Poison Ivy hanging out and Wally West. This is weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it lost me last time. I like this way better than last time. But yeah, it's a fucking strange. I, I do this also is, like this is, this is this is this is this is Tom King. Yeah. Just saying I'm important over and over. That might as well be every line of dialogue. <laughs> I'm important and artistic. All right. Here, here, Eric, I will say, I'll say this. It takes this trajectory. It was starting to, the trajectory of this book seemed, was starting to go down a little bit. It was starting to go into nearer identity crisis territory. Mm-hmm. And this is, took it back up, regardless of it does scream a lot of, Tom mm-hmm. King, like, here's a care about this caveman. Yeah. He's talking about philosophers. <laughs> yeah. But still using caveman English. <laughs> well, I mean, old Narc, you know, he he's a smart guy. He just, he can't talk. He can't talk good. He am not talk pretty. Nope. Um, he talked pretty one day. But yeah, I, I do enjoy this a lot more than the last issue because it feels like we're actually getting getting something in this you know it feels like there's it's not filler it doesn't feel like empty space it feels meaningful even if it is mostly just character and then there is a big reveal at the end although i'm not 100 percent sure i trust it still because it seems like that's gonna change a character uh, significantly but we'll see um but i don't the nature of everything in this makes me question if what we're seeing is real so i don't know but i do i i like me some mr ads it's great artist great work Mm -hmm. and you know the idea of harley and poison ivy just using this machine to murder infinite jokers over and over and over again not bad not bad yep i like it i'll take it yep when I like it, that he, he comes out and tells a dad joke. Yeah, then they just rip him apart with plants or something. Mm-hmm. And poor caveman. I, I, it made me... Okay. This book, it made me care about the caveman guy. Yeah, no, I liked him. He's fucking talking about Plato and caveman voice. Good God. Sweet baby Christmas. I mean, also, you know, many other old dead men arguing, as he says. Mm-hmm. I don't... Do you think, do you think, okay, I, theor- let's put, I, like you said, we were done. 
right? Mm-hmm. Theoretical situation. Ab- having read issue six, if you other people out there read issue five, you get back on board. I'm I'm still rather checked out. I did enjoy this more. I I think it's hard for me to directly answer that question. Okay, then directly answer this question: buy or do not buy. I, no, 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 thank you. I don't need to. Okay. I would not buy this issue. I don't care. This is not a series that I'm like, I want to have every issue in a long box somewhere. I don't want really anything to do with this. If this if if I came to visit you and this was sitting in trade form on your couch, I would read it. That's it. I would not buy this trade. I mean, it would have to get considerable buzz be on a like win awards do whatever i'm not convinced i've read six issues okay it's fine i ain't hooked i might be somewhat curious but i think that this is this is not impacting my life i don't need this polite no thank you i'm good (laughs) okay i'm i think i think i'm a buy I'm back on board. You're weird, dude. You're weird. I want to see what's up. I want to see where it goes. I'm, I, I'm on an intellectual level. I don't. It doesn't have me by the guts. No. But I am curious. I want to see what. I, I'm still. I still. I, I think I'm at the level where I, if it's long as it's not a hundred issue run of Batman. Yeah. I want to see what Tom King does with the story. <laughs> if it's nine issues, I can go. Sure, nine issues. For Batman, a hundred issues. Uh, no, I'm not going to extend myself out to that. I can't. I did it for a while and I was done. Uh, Cat, Catwoman, Batman, non-wedding was the last, oh, halfway mm-hmm. there. We're going to fake you out with a bunch of publicity garbage. But this is nine issues in total. I, you know, every other limited series he's done, I've I've liked to loved. So I am... I. You know, if he had strung together a couple issues back to back that I didn't like, I would probably say I'm done. But done, done. But I think I'm a I'm a buy. I'm back. You're undone. I'm 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 undone. That's a split mm-hmm. decision on Heroes in Crisis number six. Next up is Female Theories number two, written by Cecil Casalucci, illustrated Adriana Mello, colors Hi-Fi letters Carlos M. Mangual. So what do you what do you we were we were a little we were uh, I don't know yeah little I I I have I feel very articulate okay thoughts on how I feel about this okay I think that it is very good I like what it's doing in the story that it's telling a lot I don't like <laughs> that it's using these characters to do it okay and I think that this is exactly like trying to insert grimdark into comics like it feels weird and it is it is a a thing that these characters were not designed to do and it's strange to 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 color this world this way which is kind of how i felt before Mm -hmm. i do think i did I, i i we did say that uh you know, I said that I thought that uh, uh, Dark Side was asexual. Mm-hmm. That is, I, I looked that up. That is not true. Dark Side fucks. <laughs> okay, cool. That is, that is canonical. Great, okay, awesome, good to know. Um, <laughs> that's is that a, is that 
the next uh, Tom King. I hope not. Not Dark Side is, but Dark Dark Side Fox. Dark Dark Side Fox. (laughs) Um, I I like the dynamics of this. You know, Mm -hmm. I like the story that it's telling a lot and the shape of this. And I just, I don't want this to be tied up in shit that I like. Well, like I don't I don't want this is this is this is as bad as you know making a character a rapist or a heroin addict or anything it's it it's it is a weird choice and it it colors things in ways that the these big dumb cartoon characters weren't meant to do like I I really like this story and i think that it is saying a lot of really interesting things like i'm really i'm really drawn to this i but it is very frustrating to me go ahead i mean i i i agree with you i think it's very good yeah absolutely it looks really nice the art is great fantastic yeah absolutely i Do, do you know the kerfluffle that happened about this cover um no i this was like a flash in a pan and i happened to be looking at it but some some comics critic she apparently was an eisner winning comics critic um was criticizing the cover and dan panosian he was not even tagged replied to her and their discussion got kind of heated and thankfully hope larson came in and said dan don't be an asshole Dan did not think he was being an asshole, but I don't know. My my takeaway is, you know, like our discussion about how the importance of not being too public with your criticism, despite I don't know, despite being a critic, like I there's there's a line there. I don't know. I did not particularly think this person was being too nice as right as she was about what she was saying about this cover. I mean, I didn't really think about the cover. I no, looked no at it for did. a second, and then I went, oh, it's a cover. I mean, it looks... They, they yeah. are aping... this. The cover kind of apes, I mean, an older style of comic. Like, it's, you know, mm-hmm. Kirby, Silver Age, Bronze Age style co- uh, covers. So that's all I thought. I was like, oh, it's a cover, and I didn't think about it again. Um, I was going to say, it does... One, this is technically in the past of, you know, the fourth world. It is mm-hmm. it is set in before of the time of Mr. Miracle and of the present day canon, if, if anything, even though I don't think any of this is strictly canon um, and strictly in continuity. Because I don't mm-hmm. I don't think they don't think DC wants it to be. And I don't think the people writing it care if it is. Uh, it's but it's right. using these it's using these characters as symbols and metaphors. Um, so, you know, they are in apocalypses and never ending war. So. I can kind of buy the 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 sediment of this this patriarchal society the way it works and all that. It does I also don't like that they are using these characters that I'm some I'm quite fond of in some cases of like I don't yeah. want them to be this. This is awful. But at the same time I go it certainly makes its point that way. 
Yeah. It's very effective when it's using these characters that you are kind of like fond with, fond of, and then they do awful things or say bad things, and you're like, oh, this makes me feel gross. And then yeah. you're like, oh, I get it. They, it works. I think, I think we get enough of this shit from real fucking life. I, I, I don't know. Maybe that means this is timely, but <laughs> I, I, like I said, I like this story. I don't know. Don't, don't put Dark Side and Big Barda in this. <laughs> Ugh. I'm gonna it just, say it frustrates me. I'm gonna say I'm gonna. I, I think this is a very good comic book, and I want it to be made. Uh, and, I want it, and I want it yes. to do well. And I just don't know if I want to keep if I want to read it because yeah, it is a thing that I I've come around on. Oh, and I think that we've talked about it previously, at least touched on it about, you know, comics that are strictly escapism. They're light and fluffy and there's any conflict. This is the, and, this is the opposite. This comic is poison. No. Yeah. It's, it is like, it is, it's hard. It's, you know, I have to, Twitter is, I, I strictly curate my Twitter feed and still it is filled with <laughs> bad, <laughs> bad news a lot of the time. And, it is, it's and, because there's a lot of bad news. Exactly, and it's it's exposing it to me, more of exposing it to me, especially in something that I often go to for pleasure. You know, I'm reading comic books for for joy, so mm. it's 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 it, I'm kind of torn. I'm gonna say I'm a buy because I think this comic book is very good and deserves to be made. I don't know. I might. I will probably read the trade of this. We'll probably come yeah. back to this and read the whole thing. I just. It's it's hard to read because of what it is. That's not bad though, really. I don't strictly. It's frustrating, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Where are you? What are where? Where are you stand, Eric? I mean, I you have captured exactly how I feel about it. Okay. So no, one hundred. I'm I'm your second here. I one hundred percent agree. Okay, that's a double by female furies number two. Next up is Martian Manhunter number three. Written by Steve Orlando, art Riley Rosmo, colors Ivan Placentia, letters Darren Bennett. This one was really good. Well, this is the, uh, I think you were complaining about that first issue. You're like, there's not enough Earth stuff. And this is like all Earth stuff. There's very little mm -hmm. of his alien life. This is this is basically so, like origin story, yeah. re-ramped origin story of uh, Manhunter again. Which, But it's very good. I mean, Rosmo's art is still tremendous. It is very good. Oh, it's 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 superlative in this issue i mean they, it was good in the other ones as well but this is just fucking fabulous i love it i feel like this, this like i don't know this really cements it 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 firmly has its his its pull like its finger on the pulse of this story um this is this is my favorite orlando since um what is it midnight yeah, really, the Midnighter, Jesus Christ, was a million years ago. It's tremendous. No, it's, it really, it, those, it's, it takes, those first two issues are, it feels like a sliding scale, because it starts, the first issue feels, you're like, it makes you feel like Martian Manhunter is extraordinarily alien. Like, you can't recognize the humanity in him. You, he feels very, and like, you, f you feel like you are his partner. In a lot of ways, I feel like I feel like you're mm -hmm. following an arc. It was that first issue? It's extraordinarily alien. It takes a lot of time to to show us life on his on Mars, and 
like how that weird alien culture worked and then issue two kind of did have more uh, a, a, a kind of segued a little closer to the earth stuff while still showing us the mars stuff but kind of humanized him a little bit more and this issue even makes it more than that it makes it more of you you empathize more with uh with john and you you understand his decisions a little bit more and you kind of even get closer a little bit closer to his his partner as well she hasn't had a lot of she hasn't had a lot of character in the so far Mm -hmm. and this gives her a little bit more which i think is going to be necessary as the series goes on but man it looks great it's really it it it's dense you know it has a it it has a lot of has a lot in it Mm -hmm. that's what i'm always looking for um i'm a i'm a buy like this the series is great it's very good and this is this is a book that deserves your money so give it to old uncle orlando uncle steve is it unky steve though i don't know papa steve i hear steve orlando likes it when you call him daddy so call him that who said that where did you hear that i can't i i have to keep privacy of my sources okay (laughs) all right that's a double buy martian man out of number three next up is daredevil number two written by chip zadarsky art marco cicetto colors sunny go letters clayton cows there's some good books this week mm-hmm i'm zadarsky's doing a good job with this book i i really this is uh, daredevil has i don't they he's had some tremendous tremendous stories in his history and this is shaping up to be another one of them it is giving us one it's giving us more time with the the detective character who i'm really liking yeah he's really good because i i like it so much that he is not he is he hates the kingpin as much as he does he doesn't like he doesn't he wants to arrest daredevil but he also doesn't doesn't mean he's in league with kingpin and rightly like they that 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 scene is is spectacular and it really emphasizes how big kingpin is i really like and it it really is this issue is really smartly laid out because it starts with him in the gym and they're talking about uh you know they're talking about how like tough he looks and how strong the detective dude looks like and then he goes in to meet kingpin and the kingpin <laughs> like is just a head taller than him mm-hmm. and he's looking down on him and he has his arm on it like it, it's it's perfect and daredevil and matt just refuses to believe that he could have killed anyone and that's exactly what i expect and that's what i want and it's great and i, I and this again it is so all these things are so low-key they're so mm-hmm. small it, there's such a there's such small things. Uh, I mean, a, a good story should definitely be made out of good nuance, right? And, or and at it, least it, at least it should not lack it, right? And it's not it doesn't need world ending. It doesn't need ninjas. It is mm-hmm. it is simple little tiny building blocks constructed intelligently. How the fuck did the Howard the Duck guy get so smart? I don't know. How did the guy the fucking drew spider-man peeing get so smart i the and also, i guess I, I think that was actually matt fraction this book is also just gorgeous i want to say looks very very pretty really is it it is it is yeah i kind of feel like this is um this is um zadarsky being like i really wish i could 
write the Netflix show. Oh shit, it's not it's not a thing anymore. Oh well, it's really good though. Wait ten years, they'll make a new one. Yeah, I have that kind of time. What you're not you? Do you know stuff that I don't? Mm. You got ten years. Eight days. Eight world days. Ends. Oh yeah. Oh no. Why'd you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm going to feel bad for eight days. You can pet your cats for eight days. I was going to do that anyway. <laughs> You're already living life to the fullest. All right. Uh, I'm a buy. No question. This this is great. Mm. Yeah. It's a double buy. Daredevil number two. Next up is Invaders number two. Also written by Chip Sudarsky. With art by Carlos Magno with Butch Gichi. Colors Alex Guimarães. Letters Travis Lanham. Telling you, I don't even know that a book's written by Zdarsky unless there's talking ducks in it. <laughs> or, or, or jug heads. <laughs> there has to be. Is that yeah. the, the secret alchemy? Is like, oh no, I have to, I don't understand. Um, I continue to really like, I really enjoy this book. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's good, but it feels like homework for me to read it. And that's really the, the, the only negative thing like it doesn't it is good it does come from a place like it's trying to say something it's got some heart to it i just i don't know like i'm not excited about this issue i'm not excited about the next one so i don't know where that leaves me i think that i i find it technically good and i i i mean technical from a writing perspective you know right everything is done correctly but i i think they've just they've tried to put these guys over so many times <laughs> you know this team are you telling i don't what? care okay i eric mm -hmm. you're you're it's 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 happened it's over <laughs> your your wrestling is it's you're that's all that you have now i mean it's really it's it too, is, it it's, a, you can't turn back now it's too late you're, you're, I, you're I, done. This was ages ago. This was ages ago. I, okay. I'm not. I wasn't convinced until just this moment. Um, <laughs> one, I, I, I don't think this. Robbie, don't you realize that you just corrupt me? <laughs> I know. What did it, you ever really think that this wasn't fault. going to happen? It happened 30 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> it was a lot longer than 30 minutes ago. I know. Ago. I had to. I, well, I mean, I should have saved my Ozymandias reference to, for, I, I, for, I for do, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. I, I, but. I, I, no, of course you should. But, but no, I mean. I, I, this is the, I don't know why this is why I want to talk about. We fucking bought tickets to goddamn Double or Nothing, and that didn't clue you in. <laughs> I mean, it's, for those it's, that don't know, we have we we have tickets to go to Las Vegas to a wrestling show that sold out in four minutes. So yeah, I mean, there's still there's like now like two thousand tickets on the resale market. If you are very committed you could some of them are pretty relatively cheap um if you don't mind sitting up in the cheap seats um what was i saying about this comic book i like it i don't like i don't like i don't think i like it as much as the that daredevil issue but no it's not as good i do i like the small cast still mm -hmm. i think and that's the thing that separated this from the other invader you're right about them all these repeated invaders books that none of them have anything interesting going on the fact this is not about just you know, we, this, these guys running into battle against these other guys, this has, I, I, 
love the World War II flashback stuff. It is my yeah. favorite stuff in every single issue. Namor at this funeral for these soldiers and taking his clothes off in the rain, just in the Human Torch, the the original Human Torch burning. Like it's, I don't know. That it is. It is. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's kind of. I don't know why that's part of it, that the modern day stuff, like every panel is so complicated and junky and overblown. And the stuff in the past is stylish and simple and clean. And I can't tell you why, but that makes me enjoy it less. It makes me care less about the stuff that's happening in in the modern day. I I mean, I th- I mean, I think that's purposeful. I think it is a stylistic choice. I think they're trying to make it very clear. Oh yeah, it's not that the it's old, clearly not it's an like, accident. Yes, the old comic. This is old comic books. This is like everything simple. It's mm-hmm. simple choices. We're fighting Nazis. Evil is simple to, to to define. And I think in the modern day, it is clearly trying to make like here Namor is going to war, but he feels justified and he doesn't seem as black and white even though steve rogers Mm -hmm. often exists in a black and white world you know he sees things very clearly usually as good or bad or good or evil and i think that is i i don't know if that necessarily can make the modern day segments like more enjoyable they're also more comic booky in general they're very like tiger sharks in this like you know um but i still i want i i want to see how this I want to see what happens. You know, I, I, I want to see this, this relationship, this, I love Namor and I like, I love Cap and I love Winter Soldier. I want to see what this weird mystery with Professor X is. I am, I'm on board. I still, I, I'm just, I, despite the fact, I don't think it's as good as that Daredevil issue. The Daredevil issue is very good. I still think this is worthy of your money. I'm a buy. (sighs) I think it's good, but I, I can't care about it like i just look at this book and feel exhausted i this is this is definitely more about me but it's tough for me to recommend it because i i i really struggle to let myself enjoy it i jeez. <laughs> i mean i think i can recommend it in 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 that i think it's good me personally i don't want to read it so I I don't know. I don't know if that makes me a buy or not. Personally, I wouldn't I would not want to throw my money at this book. Daredevil absolutely. This no. But I don't know. Probably more people would enjoy it that don't have my weird hang-ups. <laughs> what, uh, say the words, Eric. Oh, you say the goddamn fucking words. <laughs> Which one is it? Is it a buy or do not buy? And I don't I, know. I can't speak for you. I know you can't. Oh man, it's I a, guess just I guess no. I gotta okay. I gotta I gotta go with what's in my heart, guys. It's it's okay. You can say that. We are. A, yeah. That's a split decision. Invaders number two. Next up is Meet the Scrolls number one, written by Robbie Thompson, art Nico Henricon Henrichon, color assistant Laurent Rassat, letters Travis Lanham. I dig it. You don't like it? No, I I dig it as well. I just don't know how to describe it. I don't know how to do like it's a it's a weird story about covert skulls scrolls living on Earth. Yeah, and like that's the I think that's the strange the thing about it is like our protagonists are 
evil shape-shifting aliens who are trying mm-hmm. to take over the earth and we're i mean i obviously we're supposed to be i think most strongly empathizing with the daughter the, yeah the, the lone daughter who turns into a butterfly at a certain point um it's still you you still but i think that's the the strength of it is the fact mm-hmm. that you're still empathizing with these characters even though they're yeah. bad guys right no they're they're all plotting to do god knows what whatever fucking alien mastermind horseshit they want to do but we keep mining like their humanity here like they're all like trying very hard to be alien you know but like we you know we like see the father weeping and one of the kids has died or something and it's it's interesting how they're playing with that like kind of sympathy for the devil kind of thing in this story and i mean it's fun it's human it's complex right and i really dig that it looks really unique but also really solid and good this is a this is a great fucking comic book yeah art is really really it really sells their otherness Mm -hmm. their alienness even as human they're kind of they're they're like so even in their human form they're so normal looking they don't look normal like that dude's mustache is just when he's a human (laughs) Uh, people just don't have mustaches like you you gotta you gotta commit to a whole beard like i i think i can only think of two human beings that have made a just live with mustaches and it's our dads (laughs) I don't know. Uh, but I mean I think that's I think that's the strength of this book is the fact that it the writing is so good that you can you start you empathize with these these the villains basically. And I'm mm-hmm. I want to see I want to see where it goes. I'm, I I like it it ha- and it has to work like that for this book to work because I really doubt the scrolls are going to make this earth into a, th- a new throne world. So you're going to have to get used to these people getting losing you know you're gonna yep. do, and I mean I often that's even a strength in in superhero books because usually your heroes, the protagonists of your book don't lose. You're they must always win. Um, but I'm a buy. It's a, a good comic book. You should read it. Yeah, I'd say double buy on Meet the Scrolls number one. Next up is Peter Cannon Thunderbolt number two. God Almighty, what 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 are you, Karen Yellen? What are wait, you? Wait, what what even are you? Wait, wait, okay. Written by Kerry Gillen, art Casper Wingard, colors Mary Safro, letters Hassan Usman El Hal. It's I was thought okay, I was expecting meta. Yeah. I don't know is, if I was expecting this meta. This is this is this is this is this is almost ludicrous meta. It's it's a it's a it's a co- it's 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 farcical. Yeah. It is pretty farcical. Yes, yeah, that they drew a nine-panel grid, and it teleported them through it, comic space. And the, the they literally the evil Ozymandias stares mm-hmm. at the stares at the camera, s- stares at us, and says, "This is a serious story." Then the Rorschach stand-in is exploded into a mm-hmm. splash of blood that looks that's like a Rorschach. A, that's yeah. a Rorschach test. And I don't know what I'm supposed to think about this thing. It is it is absurd. 
And maybe is, that's the is point. Absurd, maybe it is. Like, I... This is stupid as fuck, but I can't... I, 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 I don't know. Like, I don't know that I can... I don't know that this is really... I can't <laughs> expect he's missing the mark so much. I, I feel like maybe he's taking the piss and making fun of someone. Or making fun of everyone who is doing this. Mm-hmm. I mean, is he really going to do metafiction like breakdown of Watchmen on this level? I I I like I I have no fucking clue what he's doing and this is like like I want to I I want to watch the train wreck. I I mean, this book made me laugh out loud. Yeah, yeah. Which this is this is this is a what the fuck. It it made me when at the that last bit where Mm -hmm. the dude's like, "This is a serious story," and then boom, (laughs) that stupid that stupid analog explodes. I'm like, "Yeah, good. You got me. You boomed me. Meme. You memed me." Uh, I, I I'm on board. I don't like. I'm at the point where I think. I, I, I'm pretty, I, widely, I think Karen Gillan is the most technically sound writer in comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, and I think that he generally, when he writes something, even if it's strange or bad or crazy, that's yeah. what he's intending. And I, this is better than just, hey, it's, this is like Watchmen, but not. Like this is strange up straight up like this is hey we're taking these ideas and then just ex- obliterating them you know decon- <laughs> deconstructing the deconstructions like Watchmen is a deconstruction of superhero comics and then everything else has been deconstructions of that this is like hey we're gonna evaporate this stuff into into like the a culture su- of steam a culture of a culture of steam um mm. I I really <laughs> like it um I think the art is good. I think the 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 storytelling is good. I it's I I'm a buy. I don't know. It's I want to see like you said where the train wreck goes. I want to. I need. I can't turn away. Yeah. So, so buy. Yeah. God, buy this stupid book. That's a double buy. Peter Cannon Thunderbolt number two. Next up is Prison Witch number one, written created by Amy and Pat Shand, illustrated by Erica D'Urso, uh, lettered by Jim Campbell. You were talking. You said the words earlier. Eric. Made reading it is like homework. Mm-hmm. That was what this was to me. Did you like Orange Is the New Black? I did not enjoy Orange Is the New Black. I watched like five episodes and I was done. <laughs> I I did like it. I watched a couple of seasons of it. This is this is this is Orange and is the New Black with more white people and witches. Yeah. Which, to be fair, like, I, uh, which, to, to be, be fair, fair I, which, to be fair, that's mostly white ladies doing that. Um, I enjoy this. Um, I mean, okay. I like women-centered stories. This is biting way the fuck too hard on that. Um, I don't know, like, I, I'm watching a lot of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and this woman has a stand, and I like that. Um... It is largely just kind of fine. You know, it's got a lot of words and a billion characters, and it all kind of happens in a mush. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
That's largely my complaints. Is I yeah, no, that's that. I I I sense that it would be because it is. I think a serious problem with this book. Like they have in this book, good good cartooning. I mean, I, and I the fundamental art, drawing. The art yeah, no, is really good. I just I, I like it a lot. I also really like. I and like there's even you know there's multiple scenes where they they uh they go from this relatively realistic style to like little cartoons of like people committing crimes and i you know that's I, that's cute and you know the art mm-hmm. of the, the the lady when she witches up and there's fire and craziness that's also very good and it manages to transition between that really well i just don't i i just don't care much about this main character and i think that's Mm-hmm. I, I can't connect to her because I don't know what I'm she's just kind of generally like I understand hey I'm in prison I'm kind of pissy yeah I would be too um it's just I don't know anything about her other than she has powers yeah and she's is, in prison right it is a thing that they did not really do enough to establish who the character is and why we should care about her she's I, like honestly in the first couple of pages, I couldn't tell which fucking character was our, our, our main character. I thought it was the girl that was peeing. Yeah, there's, I, it's, I, I, you, you figured out, but I mm-hmm. don't, I don't, why, I, and, and there's, I, 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 there's, I don't understand why is this woman flicking, they're like, hey, we really like this woman we see she has powers. We want to invite her into our coven. Let's throw rocks at her. I I don't know what world. In what world do you do that? In what world? Like what world does? Hey, I'm. Let's be friends. I'm gonna throw rocks in your face in prison. Mm-hmm. I that they're not like twelve year olds. These are adults. No, this is this is this is this is almost someone that wanted to write high school witches. And they were like, oh, uh, actually, that's been done. So we should put it. Let's put it in orange as the new black. Okay. And I don't. So when and so when the cliffhanger, you know, is hinging on me caring about this woman's welfare, this main character who I can't tell you her name. I can't tell you any of these characters names. Um, No, I can tell you. Oh, yeah, that one is the one that throws rocks. And this one has fire powers. Another one carries a spoon around. Um, I think it looks beautiful. I just can't. I it's I oh no, thank you. I'm gonna do nothing. I I I like it. I think there's. I think I I think there's enough joy in the art alone uh, that I can forgive the foibles of. I mean, it's not even. It's not even bad writing. It's kind of sloppy writing. I think they have a good ear for dialogue. They just write ten times as much as they need. And that's fine. There might I think that there's someone out there that would appreciate that. Like I think fundamentally this book does more good than bad. Is that straight up a bye then, Eric? I I think it is. Uh I think it's cute. I think this person really underestimates how many black people we put in prison in america um because it is i i mean i really wonder about that i i'm not going to say that i've looked up the numbers but i will say that it's very the, the amount of people of color that are being put in prison it does not look like this high book. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> I can. I'm confident enough in that. Disproportionately high. Uh, I would a, imagine that it is. Yes. That's a split decision on Prison Witch number one. Our last book of the week is Sweetie number one. Art and story by Sean Dillon, co-written by Stephen Petrovelli. Have we ever read a Sean Dillon book I before? I do not think so. I. I what, what is this? <laughs> what do you mean? What is this? No. Well, no. What is this? It's a comic book. With a, a a girl that kind of I don't know beats up, up a bunch of dudes in a mall, basically. I mean, I don't, I can't, I don't care for it. Okay, <laughs> I th- I think it's very stylish. Uh, that is one way to describe it. I would stylish and empty is how I would describe it. There's it's it's a it's a very it's mostly just a long action sequence with her beating up a bunch of dudes in a mall with this 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 character and I I'm really curious about who this person is this it, like I am stunned about I I, I this book just blows my mind <laughs> I I don't why I don't care for it okay is it why does it blow your mind because it has no meaningful character stuff in it it's mostly just action i i don't want to be mean particular no i don't okay because i think that this is an honest creator this work is very naive it is naively written and drawn in so much that this feels like something that like my friends in high school would have made and i would have encouraged them at that point I don't like this. I like, I think the second story in this book is far better than the first one. I agree with you. Um, it is way more interesting, reveals way more character, feels way more mature, does a lot more, does a lot more than this first story. The first story basically only shows us two people and how badass one of them is and i i don't i i don't know i've seen that a lot there's no one adding anything new to that genre anymore um i i i think that it doesn't need to be this this is a I don't know. It it doesn't feel it's 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 just fluff. You know, it's it's kind of just, hey, this is a character that is this her. I think I like her character design. I like I, I don't I, mind it. Yeah, I don't think that the I don't think that the drawing in this book, it's very much journeyman level. I don't know. It 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 it's not quite there. I mean, I think that's where I'm at. I think that's not quite there. I don't, and I don't like. I don't hate it. You know, it's, no. It, and I think this is. I think this is a dollar ninety nine, um, Action Lab title. I think so, uh, or ninety nine cents. It was not it, four dollars. Well, it's marked two sixty nine on the markdown from two ninety nine. Okay, there you go. Um, two ninety nine was the price though. Um, I knew it wasn't full priced. Um, well, whatever full price means anymore. Um, but I. I I don't I wouldn't recommend it, but I don't no. think it's I th- I think it's we have read far worse comics. Yeah, it's not this that it's book, like I don't I don't quite... like hate it or anything. It's just kind of like oh okay, there's not much to it. It's it's just a bunch of action, and you're like okay, 
All right. A thing that truly bothers me about this is this is exactly a kind of character that I would love to root for. I would really like to like this. Like, I used to draw characters like this, and I I don't know. This is a... I would want this to work. It just, it does. It feels like empty calories. I feel like I'm eating a stick full of sugar when I read this. You know, this is pixie sticks. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no nutrients. Right. Yeah, I'm a do not buy. Yeah, me too. That is a double do not buy on Sweetie number one. That is the last book of the week. Breathe out, Eric. <sighs> done. We're done. All the mm-hmm. books. All the it was books. like 40 books. All the 40, the 400 comic books we read. Four million comic books. The ten gajillion comics we read. It needs to be a multiple of four. Ten, forty gajillions. There, there. I fixed it. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show. Eric and I talk about what we've been up to the past couple weeks. Eric, what's going on? What have you been doing? Moving. Setting my computers up. I, I, I rediscovered when i moved that i had an xbox that i hacked about 10 years ago and put emulators on so that's exciting <laughs> deep rock galactic i don't know man life is boring i'm just trying to get my life in order watching watching <laughs> still new, tough watching new japan cup i have been do you want to talk about that that seems like a thing we would talk we, about we could talk about new japan cup i have not been following it too terribly closely i have most of it has not captured my interest, but I did. I was absolutely arrested uh, during the tag match when Naito and Kota like kind of caught each other's eye because they were in a singles match the next night, and mm-hmm. it was a it was definitely a good one. And then they tried to murder each other. Well, I mean, we got a Tiger Driver ninety one. I, I mean, how could? How could those two produce a bad match? You know, I mean the only the only way I can foresee it is if they they it's a victim of too much hype of mm-hmm. you know of that. But I mean, they're match. I wouldn't call it the best match ever, but it was a great match. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I think it's New Japan Cup is not you. You had texted me. You're like it feels like G one light. Yeah, diet. Do you? I mean, that's that's mostly true. I mean, it's yes. it's a single some single elimination tournament. So. There's a lot more, there's a lot more filler, you know, you're, yeah. you're not getting, you know, it's not as, you know, you're not seeing these, the best guys wrestle nine times and mm-hmm. an array of everyone you're seeing them wrestle, you know, you get, you know, Nagata's not going to win, you know, not going to, you know, all the new Japan dads, none of them are going to win. They, one of them might advance to the second round if they're lucky, you know, yeah, Toru, Toriyana's not going to win. You know, Colt Cabana is not going to win. You're, you know, it's not. It's there's in G one. There's a, a wider array of possibilities of when you already know it's probably going to be Coda now that he's eliminated in Naito. It seems very likely that he. It would seems win. like or, it's going to be Coda. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. I'm um, especially considering he just I signed think with them. But no, they they're going to reward Coda for coming out. So like, it's a big deal that he chose to stay with New Japan. Mm-hmm. Like I, mean, I don't know. Like the 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 Golden Lovers storyline is kind of the best thing to come out of either one of their careers, either mm-hmm. you know Kota Ibushi and uh, uh, Kenny Omega. It's it's kind of like one of the best things to ever happen to all professional wrestling. Well, and they're 
you know, they're apart again. Yeah, and I will point this out. Kenny Omega is still on the New Japan rosters on their website. He has not been removed. Like Kushi- so we'll- Kushida was, at, and he is, he is definitely left at about the same time, and yet Kenny is still there. It is a, that is an interesting fact, and I mean, it feels like, it doesn't feel like it's over. No, I don't, it won't, it won't be. They're, they're, they are, they still have not wrestled on the, uh, each other on the largest stage. They had a, a, a match in the G1, and that was. That you know, match broke my heart. Anytime that, I don't know, everything they do is goddamn magic. There, and that was them. I, I, I mean, Kenny has even said they're like, "Yeah, we held back a little bit." That it's not, <laughs> you know, when Coda literally <laughs> that means one of them lived. Yeah, Coda double <laughs> knee, a, a, a moonsault double knee stomp into the chest. Yeah, and that was yeah. that was them holding back a little bit. But I, yeah. it is definitely not. There is two nights of Wrestle Kingdom uh, next year, and I fully expect Kenny Omega to be on the card. Is that against Kota Ibushi? I don't know, but that certainly would be a good headliner. If you want to, you have to sell out. You want to try and sell out the Tokyo Dome twice. Mm-hmm. Having them two wrestle each other would guarantee one of those nights sell out. And I think that's the thing that Kenny wants to do. He wants to wrestle him, either that or in. I I don't know if Kota is ever gonna. I'm sure, I guarantee Kota is gonna wrestle in AEW at some point in his career. It, you know, it might be in a couple of years, but I, he will do it. It makes me think of um, a really excellent video, and I can send it to you, Robbie. You would probably appreciate it. I nearly shared it on Facebook, but I worry that my uh, my Facebook friends are maybe a little weary of uh, of 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 my, get me getting on my old bullshit. Um, but it is from a YouTube channel called Eye Patch Wolf. Mm-hmm. And are you familiar? I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen this video already. Already, so, I already am. Yeah. Well, I'm ahead of you. Already, yep. It's I mean, good, I'm not it's, surprised. It's very, it's, it's very good. It is, it is very good, but it's called "Why Professional Wrestling Is Fascinating," and it's all stuff that I had definitely thought of, uh, with the exception of how he compared it to um, a Japanese form of theater with one storyteller and minimal props called Rakuga, which I had never fucking heard of, but the comparison to certainly, certainly new Japan style, um, storytelling, um, I think is very apt and very interesting. And like, I think that that is a thing that people underestimate about wrestling is how smart it actually is like yeah it's a bunch of dumb guys doing backflips and and fucking smacking each other and that's a great part of it too but like i don't know like the meta narrative of it like the fact that we're talking about real life events and how it plays into a fictional storyline and it's really interesting it really really is quite interesting and it's a great video i mean in the i would say that your your kind of like half interest in the Jujapan cup is just you 
you're what you've been watching a lot of wrestling and so you're just kind of like you know it's not every not every match is going to be the most important it's not gonna mm-hmm. you know it's it's a lot of time is like either you know you don't have to watch every match you know you don't have to spend you don't have to watch every three hour show you can just cut to the matches you want to see or you can yeah. read, read ahead of time that these three matches were the ones you need to watch and just watch them um or just pick out you know it's it's a natural thing it's you're not supposed to the WWE has programmed people like, yeah, you need to watch Raw every week, and you need to watch all. Yeah. These, you need to watch six hours of wrestling. Watch everything. You need to watch it all. And like, that's the thing I like about New Japan is like, I don't have to. I can just. It's a, it's a twelve night tournament or whatever it is. I don't need to watch all twelve nights, all four hours of all twelve nights. I can, you know, if I, if I love Los Ingobernables, I can watch just their matches. Where I, oh, Tana is wrestling. Uh, the young lion Shota Amino in this match. I want to see that because Shota has a bright future ahead of him, which is that was a fun match. Um, so that it's that it's that kind of thing. It's not it's it's okay to not watch everything or to feel like this isn't. I mean it it's is G one diet diet G one. You know when mm-hmm. you get to when you get to the finals when you get to the semifinals that's when it starts dialing up. That's when it feels impactful and meaningful again because knowing gato gato and how he books it's going to be like you're going to go like what the hell these i didn't expect these weird matchups you know yeah it's generally how it works it is always it is always very surprising but well that's it's that's just what it is hey eric hey buddy i played a video game that sounds like like what you would do i uh, aside from that sounds like a sentence i've heard you say many times um yes aside from yeah in, in between line editing a book and designing a book and getting it ready for publication i've been playing trials rising um have you played any of the trials games no i've never even heard of this uh trials is a long line there i think there's like six games in the series now if not more um but they all have trials something titled they're all titled trials something and they're uh they're bmx bikes uh, uh dm uh dirt bikes whatever where you are navigating obstacle courses time trials and it's and it's not they're all crazy they're all like this one of the levels in this this game is you are on a train in siberia and you were the train is falling apart as you ride through it and you're like bound you're you're riding your bike off of uh obstacles as they are plummeting from the train in some cases and you know it's all like another is like a crash course and it's full of exploding barrels and it, you know there's and your ones on a decrepit roller coaster so on and so forth um the trials games are always fun i've not enjoyed some of the most recent ones because they are getting away from the original games which are kind of they're still relatively simple and like i need to get my bike to the end as fast as possible without with crashing the fewest times and this game is a back to more back to basics where it's just like we're going to deliver you a lot of really interesting levels that look really cool. They have like a lot of ways to cut out times and shortcuts and ways you can kind of finesse and get better at the game. But we're not going to give you a bunch of gimmicky stuff on top of that. It's basically like, hey, engage with it. Just like, hey, time trials. Like if your friends play it, you can try and race them, et cetera, et cetera. There's challenges on top of stuff. There's some like fun like mini games if you want to play them. You don't have to, um, but it's mostly just like, hey, here's a bunch of interesting levels to play, and it's only twenty five thirty dollars. I think it's it's reduced price from a normal twenty four ninety nine twenty five dollars in the Steam. I think it's on all major. 
the Steam. The Steam, all major platforms. I think it's on all consoles except for the Switch. I think it's on Xbox, PS4, and Steam. Um, I would recommend it if you if you're a fan of Trials. It's it's like it made me think about like how racing games are kind of actually puzzle games in a weird way. They're like physics puzzles because this is what Trials is. It's physics puzzles. You got to mm-hmm. make this bike go up this ramp at enough speed so it doesn't go too far, but also not enough that it doesn't make it up the ramp. You know, you have to get the amp create the right amount of speed and not enough, too much or not enough rotation, things like that. Um, it's the 2019 version of Excite Bike. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what Trials is. It's it's basically yeah. Excite Bike, except it's it's a little bit zany. It's a little cartoony at times too. It, it looks it, very zany. It does have a lot of like uh, ragdolling. It's mm-hmm. part of the part of the charm, you know. You well, have, the, the it's got like these weird fantasy landscapes and shit that doesn't make sense. Like mm-hmm. there's a fucking like elf castle or some shit in the background, and it's just it's weird. Depends on the level, like, you know. Some the of them sh- are yeah. The shit doesn't look like it would ever happen. No, it wouldn't. But I mean, put that put that in a video game. Put it looks like it's on fucking Mars. Like that—that's some fucking John Carter shit that's happening there. Like, absolutely, put that in a video game. Yeah, and that's what it is. And it's—I think it's well worth the twenty-five dollars. So I recommend it. Um, that's it. I've been working pretty much all the other time in my life, except from you know playing around of magic once in a while on Deep Rock. It is work, 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 work on a book and get it out. It'll be out soon. Did you talk about your cover? Last nah, time, I have not. I, I, I don't think I had the cover yet. The last time, I yeah. Recorded. Talk about talk about your your very good cover. I'm really excited for you. I have. I got the cover back for my novel Conquest that will be coming out soon. Is this it. your official like like broad network announcement? I mean, the cover reveal is the basically the network yeah i mean you, you, i don't did have you put it on your twitter yes i did put then? it on, i did put it okay, on i my didn't twitter. see that i said and i don't i don't want to i don't have a date a hard date on it yet because i haven't got proofs back so i want to make sure everything's kosher before i yeah. give it a hard date but it will be out soon i am very pleased with the cover it was it's, it's it's really nice you should go to you should go to robbie's twitter and look at it it is very good i was I was quite impressed when he uh, texted it to me, or however the fuck you sent it to me. It is it is a very nice piece of art. The person that you hired did a fucking bomb ass job. Yes, it I was, was tremendously fun. I was extraordinarily anxious opening that email because I was like, I don't want to have to tell someone that I don't like something. You <laughs> have to do that. that I know. Is what I realize their, their their job is to take that criticism and change things. That is that is what professional artists are supposed to do i realized that i've i've never had to do it before so i was a little anxious but then i looked at the, that and i went oh this is perfect i don't have to say anything i love it it's exactly what i want i can't think of anything wrong with it um it does exactly what i wanted to do and it looks great and it communicates everything i want um the book is done as much as the book can be done i just need i just need to finalize everything and that is consumed all of my time and my brain for the most part. I'd say that's important, my friend. Uh, but I imagine I will have a release date by the time we record again. And then I will tell everyone where I will happily tell you when and how to buy my book. I'll be happy to line up to buy it. Um, you Anything else you want to talk about? Or? Not really. Okay, we can move on then. To our final segment, it is time for Nerbo Book Club. 
Nerdboy Book Club is the part show. Eric and I assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club, except it's comic book this week. We are discussing The Umbrella Academy, Volume 1 and 2 by Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba. Um, volume 3 is currently being released. It's in progress. And now there is a Netflix show. I'm I'm honestly surprised it took this long for them to be a Netflix show. Uh, I was, I, you know, I guess it with the proliferation of places for television shows to exist now, it had to happen. But, you know, I read this when mm-hmm. it was, I, re- I read this initially when it came out back in the late, is, late 2000s. It is, it is quite old at this point. It yeah, is ten over years. 10 years old, 13 yep. years old. Yeah. When, for when it started. And, yeah. um, I, I liked it then. You have never read it before. Eric. What do you think? Tell me, what are your thoughts? <sighs> I like, uh, the first trade more than the second trade. I, I actually think that um, I think uh, uh, Way did a very good job on the first trade. Uh, in particular, it's very uh, pitch perfect, weird uh, pulp comic, and I had a, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, <clears throat> the second one is a little mushy a little tougher to follow i think it's a little wankier maybe i think that's my explain what you mean by that i mean it like it you know the first book feels very very sound in it how how it is how it is it it is introducing us to the all these characters it's a it's a pretty big cast yeah you know the entire family plus all this surrounding miscellaneous characters and plus you have past versions of them and and present versions of them and some of them are dead and and missing and you are we're all piecing this together as we go and it feels very sound and like very rational and feels like it is very very purposeful in how it is introducing you to these characters and how you understand how this family works and i don't think there's a a a piece mislaid along the way and what is a relatively you know strange world and yet we're still connecting to like oh this weird this number you know and half of them have numbers and then code names and then real names and you're like that it, that could all be very easily confusing and i think that first trade really definitely hands handles it the first arc introduces all these characters very well and makes you makes it very clear who's who and what the stakes are you know the world is ending, and like it's like mm-hmm. in the one of the characters traveled back in time to, to stop it, and like it's very kind of the 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 frame isn't like ori- like that's not an original frame or story. You know, oh, we're gonna hang this, but the the character depth and the the the, the weirdness around the edges feels it kind of obscures that. You know, it obscures oh that it's just saving it's a save the world story because it makes it personal. It makes it about the family. I say the second one is wankier because it feels less driven by like, hey, character. It feels driven by where the how the plot works, you know, how the what the story beats are in that it is them going back in time to fight one of their own. And in 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 a specific case, the same a dude fighting a older version of himself trying to stop an older version of himself from stopping the JFK assassination. And all that is in the end is to stop them themselves from blowing up the earth. 
So it is the same kind of story. It is saving the world. But in this case, they have to do it because it is the only way the world isn't destroyed by them blowing it up by because their father makes it's kind of convoluted because their father makes a bomb and the bomb goes to these weirdos and the weirdos are going to blow up the earth and they do it as soon as they travel back in time. But because they travel back in time and stop it, it doesn't happen. So really, they just do all this. It's all plot machination so that they themselves don't destroy the earth. And it feels very much – it feels kind of show-off-y. It mm. feels like, kind of like, isn't it clever that they did all this just to stop themselves from blowing up the world? You know, it feels like, you know, a little bit of time travel, you know, machinations, a little too much of it. You know, like, I I don't mind – Five's stories about in the in the, especially in the first arc about him going to the end of the world and then growing old and then figuring out how to come back and then oh he gets in trouble with these time travel cops i don't mind any of that but when you start making all these loops about oh they go to vietnam and then there's a mummy and like <laughs> you know it, it feels superfluous when that first arc doesn't there's nothing it feels like everything in that first arc is necessary it really does feel like a lot of um everything in the kitchen sink ideas like let's just put every weird thing in here it is so much less tight i just don't know that i would have used the word wanky but i mean i don't know it's fairly apt I mean, it feels like we were, before we started recording, we were talking about Steve Vai. It feels a little mm-hmm. just like a, a noodly guitar solo in a song that you don't care about very much until well, they get to the yeah. end. Until you wait, get to the breakdown, and then you're like, oh, this, I like this part. It didn't need to have five minutes in between the <laughs> that, that one part and the other part. And that's why, mm-hmm. you know, it makes me feel didn't, like. Didn't really need that 20 minute drum solo. No, no. Neil Perry. Why, why don't you sit down, Terry Bozio? A little more obscure than Neil Pert. That's I, I mean, I'm guaranteed. I'm, I'm how many do you think Neil Pert's not a household name? Um, I, I don't mean, know. I wonder. I, I I, that I don't know because I mean, you know the kind of company that we keep. It's true, but even then, I don't expect well, everyone to know Rush or name the members. I mean, of Rush. I the people that I hang out with, I can say Neil Pert. Or Pert. I feel like I've I've heard it both ways. I, I have don't as well, know, and I I don't really need to be an expert on <laughs> Neil Pert's name on on yeah on Rush any more than I am. I already can name all three members of Rush. I don't know as, that as can I. Yeah. Well, I mean, the only one that is up for grabs is Alec Lifeson, and he's worth knowing. I think he's the he's underrated because he's in a band with Getty Lee and Neil Pert. That's true they're all very they're very good musicians um your wife hates them yeah it was being living in canada for a couple years was tricky (laughs) (laughs) they they like go to the you go to the the toronto airport and lose your mind (laughs) there's they're they're quite fond of rush up there on the classic rock radio stations Um, you know bless bless their heart are you uh, are you excited? Uh, are you interested in reading Volume Three? I'll ask that. I could be done here. I could, I could maybe a couple of years from now pick up a third volume. I mean, there might be um, a, there might be a fourth or a fifth by that point. I don't know if they could right. Plan and, on- and and I mean, if it keeps going, 
I have a passing interest, I'd say. If two was as strong as one, I would say absolutely. Right. I think, uh, and also the television show, which I wanted to watch before we recorded, but... I, oh, you but I thought that we would be talking about that. I, I mean, it's fine. I don't... You can spoil me all you want. I'm not... I, I not. was only able to watch five episodes out of ten. There, I mean, the fact that there's ten episodes and each one is an hour, that's a big commitment. Yeah. That's... I don't know if you can do that math in your head, but that's 10 fucking hours. <laughs> and it's no commercials either. That's there's yeah, not, that's, that's not 44 that's, minutes. That's an actual hour. That's like watching 10 movies, guys. <laughs> it or is. Ma- like eight. Or five. <laughs> depending how long they are. Or four. Yeah. <laughs> or three it's and like a half. It's like watching two whole Lord of the Rings movies. It's like, yeah, the extended cuts. <laughs> it, it, but I, I, I really, I'm still going to watch it. It's just a matter of. Now I, the, the book I, stuff behind me, I can actually take the time. But it is—they're very interesting compared to this. I mean, I've heard that that it's not necessarily sticks to all the stuff in the comics. They they changed a lot of things and they incorporated both of these volumes. Mm-hmm. I think very well. Um, there's more of a through line. I really like the cast. Um. I think they they do a lot of good things. They they make the um they they give I think better stakes and more, you know, more emotional uh attachment mm-hmm. to the characters. Like basically everything that I think this book does like well in terms of character, they punch up. They tone down the weirdness. Is it how violent is the show? Midland. There's not a lot really. of gore. There's a lot of gore. I've forgotten that. That's the, I had not read this in a yeah. long time. There is a lot of really explicit gore in this. Like organs and people getting chopped in half and exploding and it's it is it's violent. Mm-hmm. It's bloody. Um The show is not that violent, but I think for a lot of television standards. I'm trying to think what it's it's as violent as I I mean I don't know it 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 could definitely go further I can't think of any explicit there's no it's less violent than say Daredevil right yeah you know where the fucking kingpin smashes a guy's head in a car door right and fucking Charlie Cox is like brutally beating guys in every episode and he's constantly covered in blood Right. Um, I I think that it is it falls short of that. Right. The thing that is really interesting that I think that this may ruin it for you. It is it is so Wes Anderson inspired. Yeah, I imagine it would be. That's I was about to use those exact words to talk about just what this book is in general. I find that strange because I do not see Wes Anderson in this story. I mean, but. That like it 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 definitely it's like it, it kind of feels like Wes Anderson, but in like a suburb of the third Batman movie. Yeah, I mean, I I don't say like it's a thing that I I, I think that it is lost a little bit when we t- and this happens a lot when we read these books removed from when they first came out. Even mm-hmm. a book like this was only like it's only like ten to f- to fifteen years old, and. When I when I I read this as it was coming out, and there was so little like it then. 
Mm-hmm. This was really unique. There was so fewer indie books. Image yes. it, Walking Dead wasn't a, was barely a thing it, it, for for part of this comic. You know, like the the there were no the indie darlings really didn't exist yet, and this is like weird. And I think when looking at other comparison points at that time, mm-hmm. Wes Anderson meets Tim Burton is kind of what that would be you know and and that was before wes anderson even got more stylized you know that was back in the early mid-2000s his work was not as stylized as it would become and has become where he just full-on like every single movie he makes is like a diorama basically Uh and this there wasn't anything like you re- picked up books and you're like this is when civil war is coming out and yeah this is this is very much in the widescreen comics era yeah this is mark mark millar's heyday when he was writing a bunch of marvel books and his his indie books were like the only thing like kick-ass you know that that and that was the thing kick-ass was like oh yeah it's a superhero but it's real and like and uh hitch and and that kind of stuff this was like you talk like it, it's 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 Wes Anderson and it's pulpy and it's like and it treats these weirdo characters like real people, even though they're like one. Her power is I heard a rumor and then it makes reality change. Yeah, she's yeah. got uh, she's got the voice. Right. I'm pretty sure. I mean, even the I mean that second book has a cowboy as God. Mm-hmm. Uh, not quite John Wayne, but still a cowboy. Um, but the, the comics there weren't the, there wasn't a lot of like quirky popular comics that had this aesthetic. They were few and far between. And it's it, basically Hellboy was the only thing. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that was and yeah, Hellboy. People were not people were not going out and employing weirdo artists like Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba back then. Yeah, like and we we read um, Casanova, which happened kind of concurrently with this. Yeah, and that's like and like just like that. This those are those books were coming out like around the same period of time, and they were the first ones. You're like, oh, okay, weird. <laughs> They're just weird and mm-hmm. strange, and they don't. They don't act like normal comic books, and there wasn't a lot of things like that at the time. And now, this is still very good, and I like it, but there's a lot more stuff that maybe not is directly attributed to what this is. But, like, think about, you know, Black Hammer, like what that is, you know, a bunch of weirdo superheroes in a family, like that is can be extraordinarily violent and, and off putting at times and have ugly characters uh that i don't i don't know that it it's a i think it's a testament how how comics have changed in just 10 years 12 years 13 whatever but i mean this one in eisner i don't think well deserved Um, particularly you know given its place in time i think that i don't know he did a good job certainly on this first book yeah, I I mean I don't I don't dislike the second book. It just doesn't feel essential. It's no first book essential is basically exactly how it deserves to be described. And the second one is sloppy by comparison. It's not 
it's not really even as fun or as tightly plotted. No. It it manages to be worse on both of those things. It's it's just as weird. Yeah. But it's not it's not justified weird. It's just it's kind of just it just is so sloppy and not that not that fun or interesting. I don't know. It 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 it's got good ideas, but it might as well be a whiteboard of weird shit written down. It it feels very much like for fans of if yeah. you love the first one, you'll like it because yeah. you like those characters and they're just doing they're doing their thing and you get a little bit more history about the 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 series, but it feels very much a victim to um we're going to use time travel to erase things happening at some point at some point or to 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 make weird settings when i think the strength of that first book is the fact that it is there there aren't that many settings in it you know it is they're at the town and they're in the mansion and you know there's a few other places but mostly it's just the characters interacting is the strength and it's not the weirdness you know it's not the you know it's easy to talk about how crazy the 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 the, the stuff is happening is and then but the strength is really the fact that you care about these 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 poor children who were abused by this awful weird father who turned and got turned into a weird superhero team and, you, and he was in, in in one panel. They said he was a space alien. <laughs> yeah, one time. <laughs> yeah, and then they never talk about it ever, ever. And I I'm curious. That's there's like uh, I I definitely do want to read. Um, I I I'm I am excited for volume three. I'm I, once it's collected, I'm gonna I'm gonna read it regardless if we read it for the podcast. Um, because I I it it was when after I when these were coming out, I was hooked. I really, I wanted, where's volume three? When is it coming out? And then it didn't, <laughs> it just didn't happen. And, and then after a few years, I'm like, I guess that's it. There's no more umbrella Academy. It's just not going to ever going to go. It's not going to go on. Um, and that's fine, but now they're, they're doing it more. And I don't know. I don't know if they're going to keep making more because there's a, t- a television, a rel- I believe, successful at this point i don't know if netflix is officially announced season two but i'm pretty sure they will eventually because it seems like got a lot of good reviews and good buzz um at least my corner of the internet i don't know certain people have said other things i'm sure but um how do you do you can you uh can you separate boz work on this from casanova it definitely makes me think about it you know like Mm -hmm. i was getting casanova flashbacks and i don't particularly like casanova that much casanova is the second book casanova was a lot of ideas thrown in a cement mixer and (laughs) and and rolled around for a while um it's it's not about plot or character it's just about being weird right and that is what i mean when fucking Hazel and Cha-Cha show up. <laughs> they are so fucking stupid. Oh my god. Like, they're very different in the show. I like them. I like their actors in, in the show quite a lot. They are obnoxious in this book. Oh my god. Yeah, they're they're basically like the... 
some of the uh from like if you took the like the most inessential characters from Reservoir Dogs, yeah, and put masks on them. It to it to me, it's they're, they're like fucking. I don't know. They're written by someone who written by someone who was a little too obsessed with Invader Zim or something. Yeah, that I mean, I think that is also it is Gerard Way's like the. <laughs> Have you have have you ever have you listened to any of My Chemical Romance in your life, Eric? I no, I couldn't even tell you. The only thing I ever knew about him is that he wore a Freddie Mercury jacket. Um, I don't particularly enjoy much My Chemical Romance. Um, I can I've listened to it because I had friends that liked it a lot. Um, but I never really I've never voluntarily listened to My Chemical Romance. But the same the same kind of tendency to just that the second book in that is, is more representative of the same tendency to like, just follow every whim to the furthest extent, even if it may not be good. It's just, I feel like this is a thing I'm going to do now. Um, my art wants me to go this way, I guess, but I, I don't know. I, I don't, I think I like, I like Boz art in Casanova. I think I like it more in this just because this has charm in, to the characters. You know, I like these characters. I feel I feel bad for them. You know, I feel sad for these these people. Even if none of them are I don't know, good really. I I I hesitate to call any of them good people, but I do feel sad for them. Um I I don't I don't know. That's I I, they I got are, so I got so I got some good news for you about the television show. Oh, they're they're also not good people and also kind of sad. Well, it's 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 very sad. Okay, great, excellent, perfect. That's just what I need. Um, but I don't know. I I I like the art in it. I think it again is not as like Gabriel Baugh is obviously a good artist. It just he was more special in two thousand and five. Hmm. Now there's a million, I don't know, this has spawned a million weird cartoonists. Yes, exactly. You know, like, they have they stand on his shoulders in a lot of ways, and him and his brother, they... they Stood on the shoulders of giants. Giant Brazilians. Um, there's... Uh, how, how many, how even, how many even is a Brazilian soldiers? <laughs> That's a, you, damn you for making me laugh at that stupid... <laughs> <laughs> stupid joke reference um that joke is a classic i i know um but it, it, i think that's the thing like it's it it's easy to lose track of that um when but back then it was so much like photorealism and intense you know superheroes and things like that and this is not that at all it's the opposite it is it is what so many artists nowadays like looked upon and and idolized and used to make their own style and it's i think it's easy to forget that at the time it was still like oh this is a comic book that i that's popular and it's it's coming from a publisher that i from i think was it dark horse yep dark horse and you're like oh okay 
this doesn't look like the comics I've been reading, you know, but it, it's still super, like it, it was, it is, a, it was a kind of a gateway drug, you know, it is very much like, oh, it's a still superheroes. And it's still like, I can recognize, like I read old pulp comics. This, I can see the, the skeleton there. It's, it's interesting to see what they're doing. And it's off, you know, just like Hellboy kind of used that same skeleton as a, as a basis. in in some of the stories, Umbrella Academy does the same thing. Um, I would say absolutely read volume one. If you love volume one, I, check out two. I think that's it. If if I don't know, you don't need to read two. I think. I, I don't think know that I would specifically recommend two. No, I mean I would say. But I I would say just keep reading. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're gonna buy two, you're gonna buy two. You're not gonna buy single issues at the point. But I mean, you're not. There's a finite amount of Umbrella Academy. It's not like it's like un- Chris Claremont's X-Men where like I can just skip a couple arcs and I still have 40 years of material to read. It is, you know, if you like Umbrella Academy, you're going to have to read the first one. You're like, oh, this is great. I think I, I, I do think that some of our complaints for two are going to be invisible to a lot of readers. Ca- more casual readers. I, I think a lot of people are more forgiving than we are. Well, you know how we, you know how we feel about filthy casuals. I have a filthy casual T-shirt. I really want one. I got the, I got the black metal logo one. Nice. It's limited edition. Whatever that means for T-shirts. Yeah, it doesn't mean a goddamn thing. <laughs> Until the next time they print it, basically yeah, it's limited exactly. edition. But I yeah. do. It's a good shirt. I like it. Um, I don't know. Anything else you want to add, Eric? No, I can't think of a thing. You should watch the Netflix show. I will. I will be. Absolutely. I'm interested in your thoughts. Within the next few weeks, probably. Um, I think that'll do it for Umbrella Academy. Uh, next time, two weeks time, we'll be discussing Immortal Hulk, Volumes 1 and 2. Um, Al Ewing and Joe Bennett. The widely lauded Hulk story. Probably the most critically acclaimed Hulk story since... Like the tail end of Peter David's run with the character, which was like 15, 20, 20 years ago, probably or more. It's been a long time since there's been a Hulk story like this where people are like, this is like very exciting and interesting. Um, I'm really curious to see what you think about it, Eric. Yeah, I wasn't um, I wasn't too wowed about it. I there's things that happen in this book. That are I insane. Am, I'm eager to see what happens. It's I don't know. If, I wouldn't. I don't know if you'll think it's good, but I think you will acknowledge that it is insane. Uh, for the <laughs> oh my god, they don't. They go all out. They are not afraid. Well, that that's 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 better than than being boring. That is very true. Uh, that'll be next time. Uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, before we go, you can find us on all the social medias. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Handsome Boys Comics Hour, Twitter at HBC Hour. You can go to our website, HandsomeBoysComicsHour.com, and find links to everything there, including our RSS feed. Uh, if you like the show, please give it a five-star review, subscribe, tell your friends. All those things help. Help us find new listeners. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com and you can see many of the other things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram and Twitter where I am known on each 
as easy good night. And with that, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.